This week on Buffy the Gilmore Slayer. Those were for the animals. Oh no, there was a bunch of puppies in line. I just got the front. I didn't know. <laughs> oh no. Welcome to Buffy the Gilmore Slayer. I'm Brian Morris. I'm Stacey Kulo, and we're both comedians. And a couple. And I've never seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Which is a show that I love, but I've never seen Gilmore Girls, one of Stacey's favorite shows. So we're watching both shows together all seven seasons, comparing them as we go. And this week we watched season three, episode seven of both shows, starting with Buffy the Vampire Slayer's Revelations. As well as Gilmore Girls, they shoot Gilmores, don't they? These are both Solid eps. Yeah, a lot's going on now with like the seasonal plots, right? Mm-hmm. In both these episodes. Brian, we've got a ton of five-star reviews. Yeah. It's been great. Thank you so much, everyone. Yes, thanks, guys. Keep them coming. It's so nice to hear from you. Thank you to JoeBob68. Thank you, Weedonite. Thank you, KGhost1. Thank you, Atwoods Mariano. And thank you, Bubblegum Boy. Especially Bubblegum Boy. That's a great name. Is that supposed to be like Job of the Hut? What? No, it's just Bubblegum Boy. Oh, it's Joe Bob. I was reading it wrong. I think it's Joe Bob. I guess it could be Job Ob. I wonder if that's like Joe Bob, like Joe Bob Riggs. I don't know what that is, but maybe. Joe Bob Riggs was a guy who would narrate like movie marathons, horror movie marathons specifically. Like in your town? No, he was like uh, on television. Oh. I want to say it was TNT. They would have like movie marathons at night for like horror movies and he would like do commentary on them in between. But thank you so much, everyone. We're sorry if you left it a while ago. Again, if you don't hear us give you a shout out, it's because we get a little ahead on the podcast. And we had to get ahead this week because you traveled. Yeah, I went back to Wisconsin to spend some time with my family and I left you here all alone with the cat. It's so crazy with the pandemic and everything too, right? Because like I spent the whole like last year not contracting a single disease. You're gone for like a week. Now I've got like three STDs. Whoa. (laughs) Whoa. I know. There's so many now. That's more times than you showered while I was gone. (laughs) Did you have a nice week without me, despite the itchy scratchies? One of my traditions whenever you leave, Stacey, and you know this, Mm -hmm. is to eat a ton of pizza and also watch a Sandra Bullock movie. Yep. That's your tradition, I guess. This time I watched uh, Time to Kill, and I had sausage pizza, and it was great. Sausage pizza? Yeah. You never get sausage. I don't normally. That's when I'm gone? I try new things when you're gone. I like sausage. You don't have to, like, hide sausage from me. Yeah, I'm going to continue to hide it from you. All right. There is something to having a relationship and, like, having time apart, though, you know? Is there? What have you found? Well, you know, uh, absence makes the heart grow fonder. You miss me? Of course. But, like, just seeing you, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot. I was in love with this woman. We're together every second. You forgot while I was gone? Yeah, I got really dirty. (laughs) Yeah, we went out for dinner when I got back. It was nice. And the cat missed me. Yeah. It's just really nice to be missed. Yeah, the cat definitely missed you. I should just keep going back and forth between places where people love me. Because, like, my parents miss me at home, so right. they were, like, nuzzling me and taking me out to dinner, too. Kurt smelled you for a while. He's like, you, yeah, you're the your mom. Kurt's our cat, in case you forgot. We watched Ted Lasso. Yeah, which we really liked. It's cheesy as hell. It's still good. Yeah. It's so nice. Everyone's so nice. It's a nice show. Yeah, it's just a show where you're like, I just feel good. This isn't too complicated. There's drama. They do a good job making tension. And like, uh uh-oh, how are they going to get out of this one and still be nice people? But they do. Yeah. Except what's really funny is that uh, Anthony Head, he goes by Anthony Head now, not Stuart Head, he's in the show as a very different character than Giles. Oh my gosh, yeah. And especially after just seeing Band Candy, where he sort of played different than Giles, and then seeing him do even like a different character... 
Oof, it was weird. Plus, he's like 20-some years older, so that's just like a weird mind fuck. Yeah. Exactly like watching Jess in This Is Us at the same time as watching Gilmore Girls. I'm like, this is the same person, but he's so different. Yeah. Um, but we recommend This Is Us and Ted Lasso. I have not recommended This Is Us because I haven't seen it. I don't know if you'd like it, but I but do. Stacey loves to watch it in the shower. I, that is just a true fact. It's just where I watch stuff. I'm guessing it's so when you cry, no one can tell. I watched part of it on the airplane. Yeah, people could tell. All right, let's move on to the shows. Okay. So this week we started with Buffy. Stacy, do you want to tell us about Revelations? Yes. So in this episode, Buffy's loved ones find out that she's been hiding Angel from them. And also, Faith's new watcher, quote unquote, comes to town. And she's super mean to Giles because she's trying to get a glove. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. She's trying to get a glove, yeah. So it opens at the bronze. Xander and Willow are being super awkward, just super overcompensating for like any little touch they make against each other. Like, whoa, whoa, I'm not trying to make out with anyone here, girlfriend and boyfriend. (laughs) Then they quickly change the subject to how weird Buffy's being lately, and they all speculate that maybe she's seeing someone new. And then Buffy shows up and is like, you're talking about me? Which is a theme of this episode. Buffy walks in on them talking about her a whole bunch of times. Yeah. And she's like, well, I guess I am going out with someone. It's Faith. We're going to the graveyard. Nah, nah. So then we go to the graveyard. Her and Faith are fighting vampires. They're doing great. Giles is there just chilling. He is not concerned at all. He's not got in a, the least, man. <laughs> he's got like a to-go tea he's sipping on. <laughs> he's got a notepad. I don't know that he's taking notes. He's just holding it. Like, he seems bored. He seems like he was there to take notes and have tea, and they just, like, showed up and started fighting. He's like, all right, I guess I'll keep having my tea. I was going to write some poetry, but... <laughs> like, he's just, he's watching. I guess he's a watcher, and he's just, he's, he's watching. He's doing his job, honey. Yeah. He's watching. And they're like, what do you think, Giles? How do we do? And before he can answer, this new bitch shows up and tells them how sloppy they were. I don't love using the word bitch, but I think we have to in this situation. <laughs> this lady's not nice. Yeah. She introduces herself as Gwendolyn Post. Mrs. Gwendolyn Post. So don't try to sleep with me, Giles, I think is the point of that. I don't, it was very emphasized, but it did not matter that she was married. Well, Giles is getting around this season, apparently. (laughs) But she is here to be Faith's new watcher, or so she says. And then you immediately were like, I thought you told me there weren't any women watchers, huh, Brian? Were you lying to me? And I'm really just like, well, let's just wait a little bit. So the episode will answer this question, but at this point, I'm thinking like, why didn't they tell Giles this woman was coming? Like, is he a watcher? He's got the most important watcher job right now, and he seems like always very out of the loop. He's so low on the totem pole as the, in the watcher council, but he's the most important watcher. Yeah, like, the rest of them are just off punting constantly. Like, <laughs> did he do something wrong? So the next day at the library, Faith's all like, I don't need a watcher. And then Mrs. Post just starts, like, criticizing Giles. She's like, are these all your books? Giles is like, this is the most extensive demon book collection in all America. And she's like, mmm, America, just as I suspected. <laughs> I've heard tell of how shit you are as a watcher. <laughs> That's the vibe, anyway. I'm here to watch Faith and you, as the council feels you're becoming too American. Okay, I'm sorry. Are you doing a British accent, or are you, are you being a witch? <laughs> uh, a little of both. <laughs> it's very difficult to tell what you're going for. I support you 100%, honey. Thank you. But everyone agrees, Giles is not very American. Like, Buffy's like, what? We're worried about that? So, something's up with this lady. Like, what? In this moment, I'm like, what has Giles done? Was it because he was drinking his tea out of a styrofoam cup? Yeah, that's just not okay in England anymore. 
She goes on to say that a demon named Lagos is coming to Sunnydale to look for the glove of Minigan, and she doesn't know what it does, but she does know that a demon should not get its hands on it. It's buried in a tomb somewhere in Sunnydale, and this is the first that we hear that there are multiple graveyards in Sunnydale, to my recollection. Yeah, there's a dozen, he says. Yeah, there's 12, and they all have names, and this episode, like, really hammers home that there's a whole bunch. <laughs> it makes sense. A lot of people die in this town, Yeah, right? yeah. For the size of the town, 12 doves seem high, but you're right. They may need that many. But in the same token, though, a lot of those graves are just temporary, I feel like. Half yeah. the graves are like, well, he's going to get out of there pretty soon. So I just can't assumed we just do that again? there was one, though. Yeah. She wants both Slayers on this, and she's like, Giles, if your brains aren't too soft from all those Big Macs, I'd appreciate <laughs> any help you're willing to muster. And then Giles immediately is like, Buffy, you gotta train. I gotta do something to prove to this woman that I'm not an idiot. But Buffy's got other training plans. She's got Tai Chi training plans with Angel, which immediately turns sexy. You were gone for like, I don't know, a week? Mm-hmm. I really missed you while you were gone. Thank you. Angel, as far as he's concerned, Buffy was gone for a hundred years. Sure. So I'm guessing he is super into her right now. Oh, you missed me. You missed me. But like, what are they doing? What, what is this Tai Chi? What, what are they training for? Is the training for Buffy? Is, is Angel helping Buffy train? Is Tai Chi helping Angel somehow? Yeah, I think the Tai Chi is like helping Angel. I mean, he's like got a lot to deal with, like emotionally. He was in hell for a hundred years. Okay. It's just, it's kind of unclear what these sessions are for. Well, I think it just, he just feels better when she's there. I don't, he never says that, but that's just what I gather. Okay. Well, maybe they shouldn't exercise together if they're worried about accidentally fucking. Well, yeah, I agree with you on that. I mean, ec- yes. Yeah. She tells him about Lagos, and he seems to kind of know about this. Like, he's, he repeats the name like it's something he's heard. Mm-hmm. Giles is, meanwhile, super frustrated that he can't figure out anything about Lagos. He's searching all his dumb books and nothing. He's bossing Willow and Xander around, and they're frustrated by Giles and sexually. By Giles. <laughs> with each other, I guess. Yeah. Willow's eyes are so blurry, so Xander starts giving her, like, a temple massage, and Willow tells him to stop, and he, like, takes a while to process what stopping means. He just, like, essentially spells out what consent means. Yeah. She's like... <laughs> No means no, okay. so that means stop. Uh-huh. Okay. okay. Becoming non-toxic man now. <laughs> yeah, it was like he was trying to draw it out to see if she really meant stop. It was weird. It was weird. But she did not mean stop. Yeah, I don't think she did want him to stop. What, what makes you think that? The fact that she immediately, like, lashed onto his face? Like yeah. an alien face hugger? Yeah, it was that. That's what... That's what it was. And then Giles walks in. He's like, you can stop your studying now. It's unclear if he saw them because he's kind of acting weird. It's not unclear. He did not see them. I I think you're right. I think he didn't. But they were like, oh, how did you find the Lagos thing? He's like, I looked, which could be interpreted like you guys weren't looking. And it could be read like he saw them and he's mad, but he's also just like in a bad mood because of Mrs. Post being mean to him. I I just can't imagine. I mean, I think that the directors would have shown us a close-up of Giles seeing them. I think you're right, too. And I do think that Giles would see them and, like, back off. Like, I don't think he would just confidently Mm -hmm. stay there. I think he would sort of pretend he didn't see it. Right. Which, he is pretending he didn't see it, if he did see it. I think they're not sure if he saw them. Yeah, I see you. Yes, I think you're right about that. But he's figured out which graveyard the glove is probably in. Faith is talking to Buffy, listing all the guys she's dated and all the problems she's had with them. And she, like, presses Buffy about Angel. Buffy, like, I don't want to talk about it. 
Sounds like they've checked like half the cemeteries, haven't found anything. And Faith decides to go check the last one on her own. And this is it. This is the one. There's a demon digging through a grave. They never say this is Lagos. I assume it is. Yeah. He's got like a weird horn mouth thing happening. I want to point out that Buffy says to Faith like, oh, should you be going on your own? I'm like, you go to the graveyards by yourself all the time. Yeah. She's just as strong as you. Well, Buffy didn't used to have the option not to. It's true. Uh, but he fights Faith. He fights pretty hard. He, like, tosses her around. I don't know. It seems like she gets pretty hurt. Like, she doesn't get up. Yeah, he's a very strong dude, for sure. And he also doesn't seem to find what he's looking for. He storms off angry. You have to imagine Lagos got the town. He's like, going to the grave. Well, there's fucking 12. <laughs> you know he just starts at the one that's least close to the right one. Yeah. Xander goes to check out the graveyard that Giles mentioned. Which is also, can we just talk about that too? Yeah, <laughs> it's a bad idea. Buffy was like, Faith, fellow <laughs> slayer, maybe you shouldn't go by yourself. And then Xander's all like, I'll go by myself into the dark. And Giles doesn't say that's a bad idea. No. I guess Giles hates Xander. Yes, yeah, true. <laughs> but while he's there, he sees Angel leaving the graveyard with something. I was shocked. I was like, oh no, this is so bad for everyone. They're yeah. going to find out. But he follows him to his house, Spike's house, and sees Angel and Buffy making out. And to be clear, I feel like if someone just like skips some episodes and don't remember, don't remember, this is just like Spike's lair originally. Yeah, I mean, I guess Angel found it. Yeah, Spike had a house originally, and I think Angel. Let's take a couple. There was never a house. <laughs> oh yeah, Spike had like the a dungeon a factory. Yeah, but then they got a new house. Yeah, so I called Spike's house. But Buffy said she was going home. She said she was tired. She wasn't tired. She was thirsty. <laughs> yeah, they're making out hard. But they stop. They don't know Xander's watching, but they stop. They're like, what are we, what are we doing? We can't do this. And Angel's like, no, no, don't go. I, I have the glove. And she's like, cool, let's see what it does. She's like, no, you can't put it on because it can't be removed. Giles is psyched because he finally found something about the glove. But Mrs. Post points out that his source isn't reliable. She's like, comic books aren't information, Mr. Giles. She doesn't say that, but it's like a picture that he's going off of. She's like, that's not a source. You're dumb. Except that like just about every time they look at a picture, that's the source. Yeah. So (laughs) (laughs) They usually do fine. Yeah. Half the time they see the picture of the demon on the book they're reading. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's in this one. She's like, you're dumb. Also, you're doing a terrible job with Buffy. And then Giles assures her that he's like in complete control of his lair. Right then, Xander busts in. He's like, Giles, we have a very big problem with Buffy. (laughs) And then he like privately tells him, I'm assuming about Angel. Buffy comes the next morning, just like amped to tell them all that she knows where the glove is. But they've staged an intervention. Buffy's very upset that Xander was spying on her. And they're all upset that she's been hiding Angel. Giles is like, you must have known this was wrong or you wouldn't have hidden it. And she lies and was like, I was going to tell you guys. But she told Angel that she was never going to tell anyone. So I don't know that she was planning on telling them. I feel like this scene makes Xander out to be the bad guy, which so many times he is. Yes. But like, I mean, I I feel like I side with the friends on this one. Yeah. I mean, he like has tried to kill all of them. Yeah. So I get why they're like, especially since she is making out with him. Exactly. If it was like he saw Angel or he saw her talking to Angel, that's one thing. But if she's like doing something that could lead to him being evil again, for sure. We don't know that making out isn't enough. Yeah, we don't. I mean, as far as Xander knows, he doesn't know that Angel isn't evil right now. We don't know that as an audience who's never seen the show, that he's not just like super faking it. Yeah, I mean, we can assume he's Which not. I think in this episode, they sort of speculate. Like, how do you know he's not just faking it? Yeah. I don't know, but you're caught, Buffy. They caught you. She insists it's fine. He's helping her with the glove. How could he be bad? He's keeping it safe. She just tells Xander that he's jealous, which Cordelia doesn't love. Yeah. Xander's really pissed. Even Oz, though, is like, you were kissing him, though. That's, like, not chill. It's weird for Oz to, like, express any sort of, like, 
hate. Well, Buffy then looks at Oz like, how could you? You too? But it's like, I mean, yeah, you're sleeping with it like a time bomb. So. Yeah. Will is just upset because everyone's agreed to do this civilly and they're not using their I statements. Yeah, yeah. So Giles ends the meeting. He's like, this is dumb. We got to focus on the glove. Buffy goes to try to talk to him privately and he's like, shut the fuck up, Buffy. We're not cool. I'm very mad at you. You're not only endangering your friends, but you have no respect for me or my job because your boyfriend, if you can't remember, tortured me for fun and for like a while. So just go. He doesn't say go, but she's just like, damn, and leaves. (laughs) I want to point out that you, I mean, uh, what you said is definitely the feeling, but he does tell her to shut up. It isn't just like, yeah, yeah. you're being colorful because you said shut the fuck up, but he tells her to shut up. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not excited about it. Reminiscent of when he told mm-hmm. Jenny to leave. Yep. I think this is all good because he seems to have been very happy since Buffy's returned. Mm-hmm. But I feel like he's been having these thoughts, but wasn't going to say anything about her sort of like general disrespect for him or, I don't know, times where she's been irresponsible. Right. But because of Mrs. Post being there, like, really pushing his buttons, it, like, pushes him to a limit where he's got to, like, say something to her. Right. But does Giles suck? Like, is Buffy out of control? Like, that's sort of what that show is, that she is sort of resisting this life. I mean, it's, it's, when you say does Giles suck, it's like, well, yeah, does Giles suck at his, like, misogynistic, shitty job? Sure. You think it's misogynistic? Because a man is, it doesn't have to be a man. So why is it misogynistic? You're right. Uh, well, because the Slayer is always a woman. Um, but you're right. I, you're right. It doesn't necessarily have to be misogynistic because there are female watchers. But it, it's like you're finding someone. You're like, this is what you have to do against your will. Right. And he's essentially being like, okay, I'm going to give you some leeway. I mean, because he empathizes for her and respects her. And I don't know that the other Watchers necessarily empathize and respect their Slayers. Sure. So maybe that's kind of cool and that's why it works well. But they also maybe are sort of mismatched because she's sort of strong-willed and he's kind of like a passive man. Wasn't a passive child, but we know that. Right. Mrs. Post goes to see Faith at Faith's house. She answers the door with a stake, and Mrs. Post reminds her that vampires rarely knock, and it's daytime, so what are you doing? I have to say this is half right. I agree that during the day, it's almost impossible for a vampire to show up at your door. But vampires do have to knock, because they can't just come in. Right. I guess they could wait there. <laughs> you let them in. Yeah, they literally have to be like, hey, can you, uh, can you say I can come in? Right. Wait a minute. Kakistos broke into her hotel. Um, they, like, used the guy that worked there. Did they? Yeah, she, like, looked through the peephole and saw the guy that worked there. And then when she opened the door, that guy was dead. They were, like, holding up his dead body. Oh. I don't exactly know how that works around that, but they did trick her using that guy. And they, like, set up that guy talking to her probably for that reason. So maybe just her opening the door is enough in a hotel? It's not, but maybe there was a line of dialogue or something. Mrs. Post is like, Faith, you're good at your job and you're a good fighter, but I can make you better. It's going to be like so hard, but you're going to be so awesome. Also, remember, I really hate Giles and everything he does. But why is she going to train her? Okay, so spoiler alert, she's not actually here to be Faith's watcher. Is she going to train her to like use her for her own bad will? I don't think so. I think she's just playing everyone against each other. It just seems like a waste of time. Okay, so she's just like trying to trick Faith here. Yeah, because she doesn't have the glove yet. She doesn't even know that Angel has the glove yet. She needs the glove. She needs to be on everyone's like good side. But like why waste her time doing like cardio with Faith? To gain Faith's trust. Yeah. Because she might need Faith to get the armor for her. In fact, that's sort of what happens. Okay, yeah. Xander and Faith later play some angry pool. He tells her about Angel and that he has the glove. 
And she's like, that sucks that Buffy lied to us. Let's kill him. And Xander's like, I would absolutely love to help you with that. Let's go. Yeah, that was actually funny. Meanwhile, Mrs. Post is visiting Giles at his office. And I'm like, this is the scene where they bang, right? Like, there's so much sexual tension with them. This either ends in that or her being bad, which is how it does end. This is when we find out that the glove is actually an ancient condom. And when Giles puts it on, it can never come off. So he just has to keep having sex until he dies. Yeah. But he can't get anyone pregnant, which is sad. Yeah. Anyway, that's where the episode ends. And um, uh, No, he tells her where he has the glove and specifically where it is. He's like, it's at Spike's house. I mean, he tells her too, very like braggadocious. Like, no, look, I'm not a loser. I did that thing. She's like, cool, cool. Let's go get it. Let's like put it on and see what it does. He's like, no, 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 no. We're going to destroy it. She doesn't like that. So she knocks him out with some random statue she had in her pocket. I don't know where she got from. <laughs> I think if you rewatch it, you can kind of see it behind her on a shelf, but it, you don't see her grab it. She just, like, has it suddenly. Probably some shit Joyce left. <laughs> okay. Probably cursed as fuck. <laughs> How many times has Giles been knocked out at this point? That becomes, like, a running bit at some point, I think. He gets knocked out a lot. Like, maybe he should be relieved of his duties. <laughs> Dude's got some brain damage. That is a, a, a funny trope about TV shows. People knock each other out all the time. It's it's not good for you to get knocked out. <laughs> it's it's not good. No. Willow and Buffy privately speak, and turns out Willow's not mad at Buffy because she understands what it's like to have a secret romance. She doesn't tell Buffy this, but this is what we know about Willow. So they're at the graveyard waiting for Lagos. Buffy feels a lot better now that her secret's out, and this inspires Willow to tell Buffy her secret. And she's like, Buffy, there's a demon behind you. She gets interrupted by Lagos. He's tough, but Buffy gets him. She, like, slices his head off with his own weapon. Yeah. And meanwhile, Willow chickens out about telling Buffy the secret. I think the reason Buffy was able to beat him and Faith wasn't is just because he's been to 11 other cemeteries at this oh, point. Yeah. And he's just like, I'm fucking tired. <laughs> Faith and Xander go to steal weapons from the library, where they find Giles knocked out. Faith's like, we gotta go. We don't have time for this. But Xander calls for help. He, like, cares that Giles might die, which is sweet because their relationship's bad. Xander's not a bad person. He just has some bad instincts. But Faith's gotta go. She's gonna go kill Angel. Back at Spike's house, Angel is doing the fire spell on the glove. Apparently he knows spells? Sure. I mean, he's been in hell for 100 years. Maybe he, like, uh, learned a spell from a friend like Grandpa Seth in Troll 2. It's a deep cut. Troll 2. Love Troll 2. Buffy and Willow go back to the library, where they see Giles being taken away by the EMTs. He, like, mumbles something to Buffy about how she's got to destroy the glove using living flame. That must have been what Angel was doing. Xander lets Buffy know that Faith is on her way to kill Angel, with a 10-minute head start. Buffy's like, gotta go. She demands Willow and Xander try to figure something out to destroy the glove. Which they don't, right? I guess they do later. They do destroy it later. But, like, all this fire stuff didn't really matter. I think it matters only in that it was something that would take time to do. Sure. So that's why it wasn't done when she gets there. Mrs. Post has arrived in Angel's house. She says she's sent by Giles, so he, like, trusts her. But then she knocks him out. She thinks he's just another stupid American, and that's what she loves about this town. Does she think America is a town? Yeah, she calls it a town. I mean, she's obviously talking about Sunnydale, but it sounds like every remark she's made so far has been, like, anti-American. Yeah. <laughs> then Angel pops up, and she's like, oh, I don't even have vampire so she tries to kill him and he like slams her into a wall faith walks in on this looks bad from her pov yes so she like throws him across the room where he kind of softly lands on like a couch and a small table i think this is actually a mistake i will get to that she's about to stake him but buffy gets there just in time grabs her arm stops her from staking him it has not been 10 minutes Mm-hmm. She had a 10-minute head start. Yeah, I mean, she got there like 45 seconds later than Faith. The only thing is, Buffy would know how to get there faster, I suppose. I'm guessing Faith went to several graveyards before she got there. 
It just doesn't super make sense that Buffy got there in time. It also doesn't make sense that Faith's like, I'm going to kill you, Angel, instead of just doing it. (laughs) They always have to have a conversation before they fight someone. Faith doesn't know who to trust at this point. She's got no reason not to trust Mrs. Post, but she's still choosing to not trust men and to not trust Buffy, whose judgment is clouded by a man. So she trusts her fake watcher and tries to fight Buffy. Willow and Xander are working on the potion, and then Xander, like, reads in a book what the glove actually does, and they realize they, like, gotta go. They show up, and Mrs. Post kind of whispers to them to help Faith. Xander's like, hey, guys, stop fighting, and Faith just, like, throws him out of the way. Mrs. Post gets the glove. She knocks Willow out with it. She loves knocking people out with stuff. She loves it so much. It's a British thing. (laughs) Then she puts on the glove. Oh, no. She starts speaking Gaelic. I know because I turned on the captions when I rewatched this part and it says she's speaking Gaelic, which explains why Angel maybe knows so much about this. Oh, that's interesting. And Minigan, I think, is the name of it, the glove. So that sounds sort of Irish. They didn't go into that at all. But I wondered why he, like, knew where to find it. Hmm. Uh, by the way, this glove, because we're telling you via audio, is got like spider legs on it, sort of, that like are knives that dig into your arm once you put it on. Mm-hmm. It looks very robotic, which is weird. Yeah, it's sort of like a super deadly Chinese finger trap, but for your whole arm. Sure. Faith's like, what the fuck, Mrs. Post? I thought we were buds. And she's like, yeah, Faith, you're dumb. <laughs> I tricked you. Lightning comes through the roof and activates the glove. She starts shooting just like beams of lightning at people. Here's the flaw. This whole time I'm thinking like, where's Angel? What's he doing? Why isn't he helping? Is he bad? Why isn't he here? And then they show him like finally waking up from his little couch nap. But okay, Buffy shot him with a gun last season and he stayed knocked out for like a much shorter period of time. And Faith, as she was about to stake him, he was like still conscious. Like you could see him moving a little. Yeah. So he just like falls asleep after that and then stays asleep for like Buffy and Faith's whole fight. Dude, I mean, if you know the lore of this couch, it is so (laughs) comfy. It is just, it's impossible to not fall asleep on this couch. It's the couch in Minigan. (laughs) It's so comfy. It's like the it's like the glove. Once you put it on, put it on. Can't take it, can't take it off. Same idea. Anyway, he's awake now, and he saves Willow from a laser beam, lighting beam, lighting. He saves Willow. That's so we nice- know he's not evil, and they know he's not evil. Otherwise, he wouldn't have done that. Yeah, that's a nice thing for a demon to do. So Faith's on Team Buffy now. She's going to act as a diversion, like lure the fire from the glove, which is pretty dangerous. I'm like, why are you agreeing to do that? That sounds bad. In the meantime, Buffy throws like a huge shard of glass at the arm, just severing the arm from the woman, including the glove, falls to the ground. The lightning is mad at her. It comes through the roof and like turns her to dust, I guess. This isn't totally explained, but I I think the idea, No, I don't understand the science of that at all. (laughs) The science is sound, honey. Um, No. I think the idea is that, like, once you've put this on, you're, like, marked as the avatar or whatever of this thing. Mm -hmm. And so then it's feeding you this lightning power. But if you don't have the arm on, you can't handle the power. Okay. But without having the glove on, it just disintegrates her body. I want to know, would this glove have killed the judge? Mm -hmm. Just curious. I don't know. The next day at school, they're telling Cordelia and Oz that they got rid of the glove. Kind of speculating what Buffy and Angel might do. Willow's like, well, he he did save me. And Xander even is like, yeah, as long as they don't get pelvic, we should be okay. It's weird that they have to, like, monitor Buffy's sex life, but that's where we're at, I guess. Well, Joyce isn't going to do it. <laughs> Buffy walks in on them, talking about her again, and she's like, don't worry, we're not a couple, so, like, are we all good now? And Xander's like, yeah, I just like, freaked out when I saw you kissing, which, again, Cordelia loves to hear this. Yeah. 
Giles shows up all bandaged. He tells them that Mrs. Post actually was a watcher, but she got kicked out a few years ago for misuse of dark power. So did she like hire Lagos or did she just know Lagos was looking for this thing and she thought she'd like take advantage of that? I'm guessing it's the second part. But then how did she expect to get it from him? Maybe through faith? Well, through, the, through faith, I think. Yeah. Through f- believing in Jesus Christ. <laughs> yes, through believing in Jesus Christ, uh, all things are possible. So <laughs> They're all kind of not sure about Angel and Giles is just like, we'll see what happens. Okay. <laughs> like a cartoon, he just turns the camera. Yeah, it like zooms and in. Then it, yeah, and then it like <laughs> becomes like a little circle, like a winks. Looney Tune commercial cartoon. Buffy has left to go visit Faith. They're both a little bruised from their fight. And Buffy's like, don't feel bad about falling for Mrs. Post's lies. We all did, but like, you can trust me, despite the fact that I've been hiding a lot from you. And Faith's like, I don't need you. I got me. And Buffy's like, but that's not always enough. Which, wasn't that the lesson of the season two finale that all Buffy needed was herself? Yeah, I mean, sort of was, right? When everything's taken away, what's left, and she's like, Me! me. So I think Faith's good. She's five by five, yo. Does that mean she's like square? Like everything's cool? Is that what she meant by that? Josh just thought of that one day. He was like, that's going to be a line. I don't know. Someone's going to Everyone's going to start saying it. Didn't work. Anyway, Buffy goes to leave. And it seems like Faith has something to tell her before she goes, but then she chickens out and doesn't say it. I feel like this isn't going to be the first time we see Faith and Buffy fight. Really? Yeah, I think they just have different philosophies on Mm, things. Just a lot of things. I think that's true, yeah. Um, That's the episode. Do you think it's a good one, Brian? I do. I do think it was a good one. Yeah, it was good. You can disagree with me. No, there isn't any like major flaws with it. The thing about it to me that didn't work perfectly was the Willow Xander like, oh God, we get this secret. It's just, it was like too cartoonish. Yeah, especially in the beginning, like I mentioned. Yes, exactly. Exactly. When they're at the wrong, like when they're in the library and they think Giles might have seen them, it makes sense for them to be like panicky, Mm -hmm. you know, hyper. I thought they acted that well. Yeah, I agree. But when they're just like hanging out with their friends and they're like, we're not sitting next to each other. What are you talking about? Like, what is that? Like, right. N- n- no one would do that. Cordelia is way more worried this episode about Buffy than she is about Willow. Xander likes Slayers. But yeah, I-, I thought the Giles stuff was all really good. Like him being upset with Buffy. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought this was a good episode because it was one of those two, like Gilmore does this a lot very well, I think, where it's like, no one's really the, I mean, Lagos and the fake watcher were the real villains, but like they're fighting, but like they both have points. I feel like Buffy kind of doesn't have a point. You know, she's like harboring this dude who she is making out with. So I, I see all the other people's point of view. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what Buffy's supposed to do. Like, if she's protecting him or, like, has her eye on him, that's maybe best case scenario, unless she does just kill him. But I see why she thinks she can't just kill him if he's, like, innocent right now. Right. I totally understand Buffy's point of view. It's Even though I, I don't think that she's making the right choice by keeping it a secret, I understand that instinct. Yeah, I think it's probably wrong to keep it a secret. Especially because he's he tried to end a world. Like, if she tells them, I guess Faith could kill him. I guess any of them could kill him. Yes. Maybe that's why she wanted to keep it a secret. Yeah. Maybe not the funniest one ever, but good good drama. Yeah, not the funniest one. I agree with you on that. All right, should we move on? Let's do it. And now for a special segment we like to call Meanwhile, Meanwhile on Charmed. Charmed. <laughs> Charmed was another popular WB show airing around the same time that neither of us has seen. But we're going to discuss it anyway. Based only on its IMDb summaries. Stacey, what happened this week on Charmed? Meanwhile, on Charmed Season 3, Episode 7, Power Outage, Cole uses petty anger between Prue, Phoebe, and Piper to break their bond and destroy the very foundation of their powers, leaving the sisters defenseless against demon attack. Obviously, the sisters have some outstanding anger. Like, Prue lied to them this whole season. Yeah, pretended to be a witch and she wasn't. So I get why they'd be easy to break up right now. 
And apparently, if they break their bond, that destroys the very foundations of their powers. I was not aware of that. Yeah, me neither. So if they're all fighting, do they not have powers? Yeah, maybe they have to, like, have, like, love or something to make their powers work. You know, like, you just needed to believe in love and you would have had the power all along. In, like, Disney. Is that Giles or who? <laughs> what accent was that? That's Giles in the future. Okay. When he's very old. So like in Ted Lasso? <laughs> yes, exactly like that. So yeah, I think if the, if the women are all like very angry at each other, their powers fail. And in demon attacks, the thing is, this isn't like a planned demon attack. This is just like one of those random neighborhood demon attacks you hear about all the time. It was like one of the goofiest demons. Yeah. Like it should have been an easy one. It was like just a demon that, you know, shows up and is like, can I borrow a cup of sugar? I mean, you show and it starts like limping after him because he's not even did you say I mean your soul mm-hmm. or shawl uh, he says shawl because <laughs> he's like a dumb idiot but he meant soul he meant soul okay so really should be easy to defend against this guy yeah but they can't yeah because they're defenseless exactly because of Cole who's Cole <laughs> you don't know who Cole is um I forgot can you remind me right uh Cole <laughs> is a dude who doesn't like him oh right yeah do they know his name or he works at the club Okay, what does he do there? He's a bartender. Okay. And his tips have been really shit lately. Oh, yeah. And so he was like, can I get some more money? And they're like, no. No, it's, it's not. Everyone else's tips are good. It's just because you're kind of an asshole to everybody. Yeah, we're going to pay everyone the same shitty minimum wage. It's not our fault you can't be nice to people. Yeah. So he's pissed. Yeah. So he, he gets the women angry at each other for different, like, petty things. Yeah, like, he every time he talks to them privately, he's like, whoa, you guys were kind of on the outs with Piper for a while. Is everything okay? And, like, just tries to stir up drama. Oh, yeah, he's stirring up drama all the time. Really, he knew nothing about magic until he started working at this place, and they're just, like, so bad at hiding it. He's learned so much. Yeah. He pretty much knows more than they do. Yeah, and he knew that there was a demon in the neighborhood. He'd been hearing stories. Mm-hmm. So he was like, oh, this will be good. I mean, that demon is loud. <laughs> he's not. He's constantly asking for shawls. He's <laughs> <laughs> Scream! It's you know he's coming. I hope Cole behaves himself. Yeah, well, I don't even know if they find out it's him. Honestly, they just overcome their issues when they get together in a closet at the end of the episode, and they're scared, and then they start laughing about how silly it is that the thing says shawl instead of soul, and yeah. it, it's just like so funny to them. They like bond over it. I don't think Cole's gonna be any happier though. No, Cole's very upset when he finds out that the demon didn't kill him, and that he's still gonna be making two seventy five an hour plus tips. All right. This has been Meanwhile Uncharted. So then we watch Gilmore Girls. Brian, tell the people about, they shoot Gilmores, don't they? This episode is about a giant like dance marathon contest that Lorelai desperately wants to win with Rory. And also about Rory's relationship with Dean deteriorating. Quickly. Yeah. It's mostly about the dance. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's where the title comes from. It's like a play on words for the title from a movie. Yeah, they don't ever acknowledge this in the episode. But I looked it up and there's a movie called They Shoot Horses, don't they? Where there's a dance marathon happening. Yeah. So I guess that's what it's referencing. I would have to read more about the movie to know if there's any other connections. Not sure. Yeah, I don't either. So the episode opens in kind of a cool way. I know you liked it. I, I agree. It's cool. It's a voiceover of Lorelai complaining to Luke that she needs to find a partner for this like dance that's coming up. And this is all voiceover while we see tons of like signs throughout the town like talking about the marathon dance coming up. This episode kind of does a lot of stylistically cool things, I thought. Yeah, I agree. Well, she's complaining that like Kirk always wins like every time and that Lorelai always almost wins. Yeah, so she's got to find the perfect partner. Uh, And it's not going to be Luke. She does want Luke to do it, doesn't she? And then Luke's like... Yeah, she's kind of looking at him like, maybe you? He's like, no, it's not going to be me. He grabs her head and turns it back out the window. Yeah, he's like, keep looking out there. 
And then Taylor walks in, you know, demanding Luke do something. Because that's what everyone in this town does, is demand that Luke does something he doesn't want to do. Luke has a lot of power and sway. The only person in town with coffee. They need him. Yeah, that's true. So Taylor comes in. He's like, you should give some free coffee to the marathoners. It'd be like the thing to do because we need to raise money. Not for the bridge, which they paid off years ago, but for a tarp for the bridge. Gotta protect the bridge. Is this the bridge we constantly see Jess and Rory on? Maybe. That is a bridge. I just don't understand what kind of bridge needs a tarp. What, what's the tarp for? To protect the bridge. From what? Painters painting the sky? What? <laughs> what? Oh, from weather. Or If um... you have a bridge that can't handle weather, then you don't have a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's supposed to be dumb. This is our paper mache bridge. Don't get it wet, guys. Oh, shit, it's in the water. Well, a new bridge. <laughs> Anyway, that's stupid. It's just like, leave him alone. Also, coffee's not expensive, so you could just give out free coffee. So then we zoom ahead to Friday night dinner, and Lorelai's so excited about the chicken. She's complimenting the chicken and how great it is, and Emily's like, okay, well, why are you so happy? And this is interesting, right, because I feel like Emily calls Lorelai out for stuff that, like, legitimately Lorelai is doing. Mm-hmm. Like, as much as Emily is supposed to be this manipulative woman, like, she is right about Lorelai a lot. Yeah. The reason Lorelai is so excited is because she's found a dance partner. It's a new guy in town who apparently was in Riverdance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so apparently he can at least dance from the waist down very well. He probably got stamina, too, though. Oh, for sure. That's hard to do. But then... Lorelai gets a phone call. Apparently this new river dancing man can't do the contest because his wife saw a picture of Lorelai <laughs> and says she's too pretty. Miss Patty showed it. Yeah, she's afraid he wants to sleep with her. I love that Miss Patty has pictures of Lorelai. They've set that they up. They did set that up. They've set that up that Patty's just going around flashing photos of Lorelai. To not single men. Yeah. Lorelai sits back down and was like, she said I look like Elizabeth Taylor. And they're like, well, you'll find a new partner. And Emily's like, well, Elizabeth Taylor always did. That was a good joke. Uh, I didn't get that joke. You had to explain it to me. Yeah, because Elizabeth Taylor's been married a lot of times. Which was funny. Yeah, Emily doesn't usually make a lot of her own jokes. Yeah. This movie switches locations a lot, because that was the end of Friday Night Dinner. Then we were at Chilton. This is also a TV show. This is a bit of a movie, I felt like. The okay. way it was filmed so artistically, it's like a movie. Okay, sure, Brian. I know. That wasn't just me desperately trying to justify what I said. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was just, it was always a plan. Okay. So at Chilton, in this scene of the movie... Um, <laughs> Paris is, you know, doing Paris. She's, like, demanding that everybody on the paper stay and work extra long hours this Saturday on the 75th anniversary issue. By the way, Madeline and Louise apparently are just making out with random dudes behind Paris while she's talking. And then Paris is just like, okay, time up. (laughs) (laughs) They stop and follow her, yeah. She she has a lot of time for them to make out with guys, I guess. Of course, no one wants to work this weekend. They're like, it's not a big deal. Like, what's the difference between the 75th issue and the 74th issue? Do you concur? If it, I would say a hundredth issue is maybe something you want to spend extra time on. But something now in retrospect when I look back, like no one cares. Yeah. I, I get it's like maybe a prestigious school, but I don't remember my school's paper special issues, you know? Like no one's going to care. No one is ever going to care unless you're in that paper or it's like the one that announced like your team won and you were on that team. Yeah. No one cares. I don't even know. Like do just the students read it? Do the, does it get sent home to the parents? Like how widely read is this paper? Yeah, that's interesting, right? I know the students would read the newspapers for like uh, UW where I worked and I think the faculty, some of 
of them would also read the newspaper. Yeah. But I don't think anyone outside of that was. And I def- looked at my high school newspaper, but like a lot of my friends wrote for it. Yeah. I read like the funny stuff. Right. And that's what I wrote too. I used to write a, a column. But I, I think I agree with everyone else that like papers aren't memorable and like I wouldn't be like, oh, 75th edition, uh, anniversary edition. I got to check that one out. Who cares? But then Jamie, guys, remember Jamie? I barely did. He was the guy that went on a date with Paris earlier in the season. He is here to visit Paris. You know, she doesn't believe it. She's like, why are you here? And he's all like, well, I didn't want to be distracted my first semester at Princeton, so I decided not to call you. And she's like, that makes sense. We're both robots. <laughs> but he's like, well, it turned out to be a bigger distraction by not being with you. I can't stop thinking of you. It's getting in the way. We should date. And she's all like, those terms are agreeable to me. And so they're they're a perfect couple. He doesn't come across as robot as she does. No, he, he, he does. He seems normal. <laughs> You're right. He comes across as a normal person, but like what he says suggests that he thinks like her. It's a lot to say, like, I'm not going to hang out with this girl I'm interested in because I want to do well academically. Right. That takes a lot of, like, willpower, though. Yeah. To like, not follow up on a crush. Yeah, like, Buffy can't fucking do it. Nope. And her crush is going to destroy the world. Yep. So, <laughs> like, it's a lot of willpower, man. So they're going on a date, which means maybe Paris will just chill out a little bit. Maybe. So then we jump back to the Gilmore household where Dean is eating pizza on the couch. They're all sitting very close together again on the couch, as they always do. Lane is calling Dave to, like, see if he's home. What what are they calling for? She just calls, and then he'll answer, and then she hangs up. Yeah, but what's the purpose again? I don't know. Just to, like, hear his voice, maybe? To hear if there's a girl there at some point? Well, that's what Dean suggests. Dean's like, how do you know he's not, like, there with a girl? And they're like, Dean! Yeah, Dean keeps, like, questioning the logic of what they're doing. They're like, it's a girl thing. I'm like, no, it's like a crazy thing. I feel like I didn't do this but like maybe I did once or something you know it wasn't I didn't really call boys when I was well I guess I did in high school but I feel like the age where you're like too scared to talk to boys I wasn't like mm-hmm. gonna call a boy and be like I like you but I might like drive by their house on my bike and see if they're playing basketball and like not stop to flirt but just been like haha I saw him. Yeah, yeah I totally understand that I think it's the idea that they called more than once yeah that's just weird because then you're like who I mean this is not a thing you can do anymore because of caller ID exactly. and so yeah. <laughs> this is a dead art form. I do remember this sort of idea. I remember like calling girls back in the day and just like how like ungodly nervous I would be to like dial. Mm-hmm. Just like your heart's just pounding. Like, oh, man, it's so funny how anxious I would get. Yeah. But Lorelai comes home and she's like, Dean, you wouldn't get it. Like she even understands. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, when Lorelai comes home, she asks Rory like, hey, could you be my partner? And Rory's all like, no, I don't want to do that for a variety of reasons, but I wanted to show up and support you with Dean. I don't want to be part of it. Uh, but like Lorelai's like guilt tripping her hard. And it's so interesting, right? Because Rory does a lot of selfish things, I think, in the show. But I feel like she also does like a lot of not selfish things. I feel like this is pretty not selfish where she's like, it means a lot to you. So if I can get out of going to the paper on Saturday, I'll, I'll go with you. Mm-hmm. But of course, there's no way Paris is going to let her not come in on Saturday, right? It's the 75th issue. Right. I mean, come on. That's the most important issue ever. I still think about it. Mm-hmm. Paris shows up and she's overslept. She's late to class. It's kind of funny because the teacher's like, what? (laughs) Well, Rory comes over to Paris and is essentially like, hey, I was wondering about Saturday. My town's got this like crazy event. And Paris is all like, what, like some kind of pig race? I lost my shit at that joke because <laughs> as much as that was just like flippant, whatever, I'm like, it, it could be. Her delivery was very good too. Like she just didn't even look up. Yeah. She's like, what? Like a pig race? <laughs> yeah. It's just like, it, it probably, there's seven seasons, there's probably a pig race. 
I can't say there's not. I, I don't remember one, but. But then Paris agrees that they can move the thing to next Saturday. She really puts up no fight whatsoever. This whole scene's pretty funny. Is that Madeline and Louise hear this and then immediately just start like walking over to whatever boys are nearby and start getting dates. Were they just making out with somebody like a day or two ago? It's kind of unclear why Paris overslept. It's not like she was like with Jamie or like up late with Jamie. Well, I think the idea is that she's just... Maybe was up talking to him or like thinking about him. Yeah, but one of those two things, yeah. Paris is very excited about Jamie. The date went very good. He really likes her. So finally, it's dance day. And apparently, the dance starts at 6 a.m. This doesn't make sense. What? Why? Why would it start at 6 a.m.? I can't think of a good reason that Okay, it- you know, I did kind of just think of one. Okay. So the reason we have an issue with it is because, like, there's no audience at 6 a.m. Or if there is an audience, it's a bunch of tired people. Yeah, we're thinking the highlights are going to be the beginning when everyone's doing it. Yeah. No one's out yet. Because the dance contest, tons of couples start, only one couple stays standing. Yeah, it's very Highlander. So the highlights are going to be the beginning when everyone's dancing and awake and having a good time. Yeah. That should be, like, at prime time, 6 or 7 p.m. The middle part's not so important, but, like, the finale, the end, when you see who wins, is important. That should be also, like, 7 p.m., when people are done with work, fed, happy, had a couple be- you know what I mean? Like, no one's going to come for the beginning and the end when it's at 6 in the morning. Right, but my thoughts now mm-hmm. are the following. One, there's a limited amount of time in a weekend, and the marathon is until there's no one standing but one couple. So you need to add as many hours as you can into that weekend because theoretically I could dance for 40 hours. I think it's limited to 24 hours. So what if there's multiple couples left? I don't know. But it says like 24-hour dance marathon on the sign. Huh. Because there's a time count. It's like blank hours remaining. Okay, I guess I don't understand how the elimination – I understand how elimination would work as one method of winning. I don't know how you would win otherwise then. Yeah, I I don't really – I don't know what would happen if they got to the end and 10 couples were standing. I don't believe that multiple couples couldn't make it a whole day. Right. Uh, But also having it at 6 a.m., I hear your point about that's when it's going to be the most like flashy because some people probably come just to dance for fun. They have no intention of trying to win. Babette. Exactly. Babette, that's very funny. Babette is there with uh, Tolly Rocky Man. Mm -hmm. Is his name Rocky? No. He looks like Rocky. Does he? Not Rocky like Rocky and Bullwinkle. I didn't think that Rocky. He doesn't look like Rocky Balboa either. No, he looks like The Rock's son, Lil Rocky. Is this another man from your town? <laughs> What's the guy's name? Maury. <laughs> yeah, but Bet and Maury like dance for like two minutes, and then she's just like, all right, we're done. <laughs> she just like wanted to do a little bit. That was very funny too. What was your other reason for why it should start that right. early? People aren't going to stop dropping off yet. But I imagine when people start dropping off is when it's actually interesting to watch. Oh, yeah, maybe. So if you could put that around 7 p.m. when people are like done with work, like you said, having eaten, and then they're going to come to the show, the show being right when people start to get too tired to keep dancing. That's my thoughts. Another reason why it might not be able to be like 6 p.m. on Saturday to Sunday is then like those people will not have slept and they need to work Monday, but Mm. it could start Friday. Yeah. I think it's a mistake because there's a whole bunch of other stuff that happens that's like, what? Why is this happening at 5 a.m.? Totally right. We'll get there. It's a weird thing. Okay, so in the scene, Suki uh, is there. She's going to dance with Jackson. And she tells Lorelai that Jackson had just told her that he wants to do four and four. Is that like five by five? Uh, it's different. The five by five is good. Mm-hmm. If you're feeling five by five, that's fantastic. Four and four, bad. Four and four, bad. If you're Suki. Yeah. Some people, four and four, good for you. Doesn't seem like Suki wants that super hard. And Faith doesn't. She's five by five. Right. Four and four, though, means Jackson wants four kids in four years. 
And apparently, under the pressure and surprise of being told, Suki, like, agreed to that. But I'm also kind of confused because it's like, does she not want to do that? Well, she says she wants one, maybe two if the first one's quiet. So, I no, I don't think four was in her life right, plan. Right, right. It is a lot to ask of somebody. Maybe also if that's something that's super important to him, that should be a conversation before they got married. Yeah, you definitely want to talk about having kids. And if you need to have four kids, that's a conversation. Mm-hmm. So she gives her some advice, like, you got to talk to Jackson and tell him that's not what's going to go on. This is going to come on to bite them in the butt later. Meanwhile, Lane's mom has decided to make egg sandwiches with no egg. I don't know. They look disgusting. They, they just sit in a bucket the whole 24 hours, not on ice. Just a warm bucket with the plainest looking bread you've ever seen. I wonder if because it's not egg, it is fine to sit out. Who knows? I imagine that's the idea is that whatever's in it can just sit. It's just Play-Doh. I don't know. But they come with pamphlets about how dancing's the devil. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> You're right. You're right. But it's just like a what? Why are you here, Miss Kim? Apparently before this dance starts, you have to do like a physical, I guess, to make sure that you're not going to like have a heart attack on the dance floor. And of course, Lorelai's nurse is the river dancing man's wife. Well, she's like, you, you're supposed to be like burned and stuff. Like, I think her husband had lied and said she wasn't as pretty anymore. Like she'd gone through some stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Taylor and Miss Patty are running this whole thing. They're dressed nice. Taylor has a uh, bullhorn. I guess you need that. This was also shot really cool. There was mm-hmm. sort of like mm-hmm. a like a crane shot, like panning around them, like very cinematic while he was saying the rules. The rules being stuff like uh, you have to stay touching and moving. A horn will announce 10-minute breaks. Uh, everyone has, every couple has a yellow emergency card and they can leave the floor for 10 minutes. But the partner has to stay on the floor moving. I don't know that I agree with that rule. Seems kind of dumb. Just anyone could be like, I'm taking my break now. I guess if you really have to shit and it's not break time. Well, then you lose the you lose the marathon. Okay. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like, that's the whole idea. Yeah. You eat, you shit the night before, and then you go ready to dance for several hours. Sure. Sure. I doubt Kirk used his yellow card even. Yeah, he shit his pants on the dance floor. He shits his pants every day. Yeah. It's his job. One of his jobs. <laughs> Luke is there. He's decided to give out coffee. Uh, he gives the Gilmore girls like a thermos and he's like, don't tell him you got it for me. But it's like, does it matter? You don't, you can have a favorite. Doesn't also, matter. couldn't they have like brought their own thermos? Where are they going to keep it for one? That, that's the other question. Yeah. They can't just like go drink from it. I guess they could just hold it while they're on the dance floor. But do you really want to have like coffee breath when you're dancing with someone for a long time? They must always have coffee breath. Yeah. Dean loves it. Kirk is there. He and Lorelai wish each other luck. Who's Kirk with? Mm. They say her name at the end. She looks like a legit dancer. They say for the, the winners for the fifth year in a row are whatever her name is and Kirk. So I wonder if that's the girl he keeps dancing with. But right. we don't know her. Rory tells her mother, like, you know, this seems to be the only thing Kirk's got going in his life. So, like, maybe he deserves to win because he needs this and you don't. Lorelai doesn't care. She's like, I got to win. I totally agree with Rory, though. So then the dance officially starts. They're all dancing like very fun in the beginning. It's cool. Like this is well done. Yeah. There's a lot of production in this episode. Yeah, I agree. Like costume design, the cinematography's cool. All the people are in it. Like everyone's got a little moment. It's like a really good town episode. So it's great. Everyone's having a blast, dancing away. So six hours later, it's noon. People are still dancing. They're not as excited. Kirk starts threatening Lorelai. Not like threatening her, but like kind of showing off or gloating almost. He's like doing all kinds of dance moves and flipping. But like, don't do flips. You have to save your energy. Does he though? He wins. (laughs) I know. It just like seems silly to not. Dean shows up to watch like the good little puppy dog that he is. Poor Dean, man. Poor, poor Dean. (laughs) He like comes to all this shit. He doesn't want to. He comes. He didn't seem like he didn't want to. Dude, I, I agree. He didn't seem like he didn't want to. But, like, who wants to? I don't know. I feel like this is kind of fun. Maybe not no. for 24 hours. No. 
You wouldn't watch me do this? Would I watch you? If you asked me, Brian, it means a lot to me, would you come to this? I would come. But I would not enjoy myself, and I definitely wouldn't be, like, excited about it. I mean, the whole town is there, so there's maybe other people he knows, but... I agree, maybe not everyone would want to come to this. Not for hours. No, not for hours. But I'd maybe walk in and check it out. It's very, like, authentically 40s, 50s. It's like a, a cool site. So one of the things Rory was excited about earlier in the episode was to show Dean this, like, couple that has, like, a big fight and quits during, like, every marathon during the first 15 minutes. And we get to see that. It's, like, Andrew, he gets into a fight with his date about her, like, having dated Liam Neeson for some reason. But they say right on time when they, like, leave the dance floor. But this is six hours in. Yeah, it's not 15 minutes in. It's it's way off time. It's not on time at all. Yeah. It was 15 minutes into the dance from our perspective, maybe. Maybe they thought we would forget. Yeah, I don't know. It was weird. But then, during all this fun and games, Jess and Shane show up to watch. Why? Yeah, no clue. There's no reason for them to be there. And Rory knows it. I mean, we know why Jess is there. He wants to get on Rory's nerves. But why? Does he want to make her upset? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't make sense because, like, what is his goal? And why is Shane willing to go to this thing? It works. Yeah, it works 100%. But the end of this day, he's got what he's wanted. Yeah. But I don't know that he knew it would go down the way it did. So now it's 8 p.m. Rory and Lorelai are tired as hell right now. They're trying to stay perky. Kirk comes dancing by and they, like, pretend to be awake. So I, I know this is a bit harsh, but I think it's dumb that Dean is still there. It's, it's also dumb that Jess is there, but we'll get into that. It's eight hours of watching his girlfriend, like, sleepily dance with her mother. But, like, what, what kind of devotion is that? It's too much. Like, I, I would never ask you to watch me do anything for three hours, let alone... Right. You might be like, come for the beginning and the end. Yeah, I mean, we do. I do all kinds of shows, and you come to some of them. I don't even expect you to come to most of my shows anymore. Mm-hmm. The longest show ever is like two hours, and if you were like not paying attention for all the parts, not including me, I would have no problem with it. Mm-hmm. But he's there for eight hours, and it's still going. Poor Dean. I can't imagine how many battle bots they're going to have to watch to make up for this. But Jess is still there, of course, and Shane is still there. I don't. Why is Shane there? That's the bigger question. Yeah, I don't. I just can't imagine the conversation where Jess is like, "No, it'll be fun, baby. Let's go. You'll love it. It'll be so cool. You watch a bunch of tired people dance yeah. for a long time." Now we find out that Jackson is pissed at Lorelai. He's mad that she like weighed in on their child situation. Well, to be fair, it seems like maybe Suki kind of blamed it on Lorelai accidentally. Oh, yeah. I don't know if it was accidentally. I think she was just trying to not take any of the blame herself but in the middle of this it's time for the runaround <laughs> the runaround is where they run around the side of the stage or the the dance floor and the last five couples uh get eliminated we don't even see who that is but also it doesn't seem like anyone cares this run is like half-assed and the people in the back they're like i'm gonna get cut cool i don't want to be here yeah well except kirk kirk's like i'm drafting you. yes that was actually very funny <laughs> and then he passes her but yeah if you're already at the front i think you're good jack Jackson storms out. He's super pissed. And then it's break time. All the musicians start getting, like, massages. That was funny. Yeah, that was funny. I got a massage during, after, between shows one time. That was really nice. From who? It was at a fundraiser for uh, an animal shelter. But they were also giving out massages. And I was like, this Those is- were for the animals. Oh, no. There was a bunch of puppies in line. I just got the front. I didn't know. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, well. Now we get to see those sandwiches that we're all so hyped about. God, they look gross. They look so gross. I thought this was kind of funny because Jess is like talking to Lane and Miss Kim is like, who are you? And he's like, Jess. But then he immediately is like, oh, wait, she's tough. (laughs) I forget what he says, but he like kind of backs down from acting like a tough guy. Yeah. And Rory confronts him then. She's like, why are you here? And then he's like, why is Dean here? And she says, like, you're not bugging me. Like, clearly, like, she knows that's why he's there. 
And he's like, well, you're, you keep staring at me. Why do you keep staring at me? Yeah, he's like, why do you keep staring? How do you know I'm looking at you if you're not looking at me? It's the whole thing. And then Shane shows up, and so does Dean, and they both have like a weird snuggle off. Not Dean and Shane. That would be an interesting plot twist. <laughs> I hope that's what happens. But I mean. This was uncomfortable. Like Jess puts his arm around Shane, and then Rory like tries to get Dean to put his arm around her, like right in front of them. Like, yeah, it's weird. What are you doing? It's like a child move. So Dean is like fed up with this. He's like, get your stuff and let's go. And then Jess is all like, get in there and make me my supper you know like making fun of i don't feel like dean is being misogynistic here though i mean i think he's just like yeah we've been here for forever and <laughs> just sucks so jackson confronts lorelei again he's like very mad luke then chimes in that he agrees that four and four is a lot and then jackson just like quits i'm like you're already disqualified because like you and suki both left before <laughs> like they both stormed out of the walk around oh did they did they both storm out yeah like suki i think held up the yellow card but it was like after jackson had left yeah and i think taylor was like that's not how the yellow card works so now there's one hour left of the competition there's six couples one of them just collapses taylor is wasted and so he starts talking about being a magician he's also like holding on to his megaphone like a precious little object and miss patty keeps trying to take it away from him oh that was funny he even says like guards like what guards are you talking about this was funny too because this is another one of the things rory was excited to show dean yeah apparently taylor was a magician in a former life i could see that he's just like talking about all these times he's done magic but then Lorelai breaks one of her shoes. One of her brand new vintage shoes? I don't know what that means. I think they just hadn't been worn much, which is bad. That's right. That's what that's what Rory says. You shouldn't wear shoes you've never worn for 24 hours. You gotta break shoes in. Yeah. And also, maybe don't wear heels. Yeah, that's weird. But she's gonna go glue it together, which I'm still like, is that enough? Will glue work for dancing in a shoe? I think if you have a strong enough glue. So, of course, Luke is like, oh, I can fix it. I got something like that. I got, I, I got you. So Lorelai shows her emergency card because she's got to get her shoe fixed. And then Dean steps in to fill in for her. The team needs you, is what they say. He doesn't have to, but Rory insists she'll fall over if Lorelai leaves. So she makes Dean, like, hold her up. Yeah, because Dean is a good person. <laughs> as much as I'm not a huge fan of Dean, he is like a good puppy dog person. So Jess is still watching, and Shane is just sleeping, which I don't blame her for. Jackson and Suki have talked. They're going to be okay. All of, like, no time has passed, and Luke shows up again. But he wants to talk to uh, Lorelai in private about whether or not they want kids. What What is this about? Like, he wants to apologize? Yeah, he's like, what I said before wasn't true. I'd be down to have a baby with you someday. I mean, he, he doesn't say that, but, like... Wait, but he, like, does, though. Right? Of. Like, why do they need to have this conversation? Suki and Jackson should have had this conversation. Yeah. But also, like, at this point right now, Luke, like, you were, like, super friends. But now you're like, if we ever become more than friends, I'd have a baby with you. Oh, my God. I love you. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Yeah. This is all happening on the bleachers in the same gymnasium yep. where Rory is. Yep. During a 10-minute window that Lorelai has to get her shoe fixed. Then there's a cool disco ball transition to Lane. A lot of fun transitions in this episode. She just, like, zooms into the disco ball and it cuts to her just, like, dreaming, looking at the sky. And then Dave comes by. Remember Dave? Her gonna be boyfriend. It's 5 a.m., though. I don't know where he was. Oh, he's gonna lie about it in a second. But he shows up to try some of that egg stuff. Yeah, he says he came by because he missed her. He hasn't seen her in a while. It's, yeah, yeah. it's 5 a.m. Yeah. He's just awake thinking about her? Well, I mean, she's thinking about him. This could have been a problem solved again by having this part be at night. Yeah. <laughs> well, Miss Kim shows up and she's like, Who are you? Which we set up when she asked Jess who he was. Yeah. But Dave is just, like, ready for this. He was just like, oh, I'm here to test out these sandwiches. I've heard people talking about them. Uh, my parents are at Bible study. Again, it's 5 a.m. right now. His parents are at Bible study at 5 a.m. on a Sunday morning? I, I guess, guess that's not crazy, actually. It is Sunday? But that's early, man. I guess somebody does that, right? 
I'm going to give that one to the show. That's possible. That's possible. Okay, show. We're sorry about that one. I'm not. <laughs> but Miss Kim loves all of this. She's all like, take more sandwiches because no one is eating these sandwiches. There's a pile of sandwiches that has not changed shape the entire episode. <laughs> And everyone's still dancing, despite her wishes. But we're seeing that Dave is a much better match for Lane than Henry was. Because Henry didn't want to play any of the games, which is understandable. Right. But Henry wouldn't have had to. He would have had to play some of them, I feel like. Perhaps. But fewer, I agree. But like Dave will play them. He wants to be with Lane. He'll, do, he'll jump through whatever hoops he has to. And it seems like he's maybe listened to know like what the hoops are. Yeah, that's important. That's a really good observation. Because he doesn't even like know that she likes him yet, necessarily. But he's clearly been paying enough attention to yeah. know like what he needs to do to impress her mom. Yeah. Speaking of boyfriends who impress moms, Dean is still dancing with Rory <laughs> during this 10-minute break. But Rory starts freaking out that Jess is still watching. Just trying to bug her, get under her skin. Shane is bored. She's awake now. Yeah, she's like, I'm bored. So Jess is like, fine. And just like slams shuts his book and starts making out with her. Yeah, it's like a reluctant, like, I guess I'll make out with you. So then Rory starts like complaining about Shane, just like talking shit about her. And then Jess starts defending her, which I'm surprised by because clearly Jess does not respect Shane at all either. He says he's not going to leave. He can do whatever he wants. Why doesn't she just pay attention to her boyfriend? And that's when Dean says, well, he's not her boyfriend anymore. He doesn't know what he was thinking. She doesn't want to be with him. He's an idiot. He's out. So there's a big breakup. She's all like, what? He's like, you don't want to be with me. Everybody here knows. Everybody. Every single person knows. You they didn't. They Jess. know now. Yeah. So like, he's just like, everybody knows you want to be with Jess. You just don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, so, she's like, what did I do? But So he just like storms off. I don't blame Dean at all. Like he is going out of his way to be the perfect boyfriend. And she's still like, yeah, Jess. I get she's upset that Jess is there. But like, I don't know. Dean is like going out of his way to be there for her. What do you think about Dean screaming this in front of everyone? Do I think that's right? No. Do I understand the emotional outburst? Yeah. What? I mean, I, I feel like I'm the same way with Rory and Lorelai. I feel like several times they'll do something that like morally isn't the best. But like, I understand why they do that because they're upset. And if you are finally at a breaking point where you've done everything you possibly can to make this woman who told you that she loves you love you and she doesn't, then I mean, it's hurtful. Sorry. Like you and me. Um, so. Oh, oh, we love you. You idiot. <laughs> and of course, Taylor is like, well, I don't see a yellow card when Rory and Dean break up. So Lorelai is disqualified. But she doesn't know that she yet. She doesn't know that yet. Keep in mind, this all takes place in 10 minutes. And Lorelai doesn't hear any of this somehow. Yeah. Where is she right now? She was on the bleachers talking to Luke. Maybe like Lorelai just like tunes Dean out. She's just heard him yell a lot. Maybe. Tunes out. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense that she's not there for any of this or doesn't hear it at least. So Rory just like very quickly, you know, for a very short period of time, just goes to that pier, which I guess is nearby. I don't know if this is the bridge that needs the tarp, but uh, she just goes to that little bridge for a while. That's her like meeting Jess in the darkness bridge. And then Jess shows up and he's all like, oh, Dean was being a jerk. And I, just, I just wanted to punch him in the face right here. It's like Dean was not being a jerk. Yes, he lost his temper. But like, who was the bigger jerk, man? Dean or the you, you weirdo? You came in there and stared. You like have been sabotaging Dean from day one. I'm sorry, which team? are you on i'm not on either team okay i think rory should be with jess because they are intellectually matched okay but i'm not going to pretend that jess is a good guy sure i don't know that he won't be redeemed but i'm saying that jess as of right now is not the good guy dean did everything he could and yes he acted out when he got upset jess is just like i'm gonna ruin this for rory and for dean like i don't know i think in this situation he's just trying to comfort her and that's maybe what he thinks she's upset about but we find out that she's like no dean's right 
And she's kind of just upset at herself for letting this happen. Yeah, it's it's confusing to me just because Jess is, he set this all into motion. And mm-hmm. like, you must think he wanted this to happen. For, yeah. And then for him to come up and be like, oh, Dean's an asshole is like gaslighting. Yeah, I, you are right. I understand what you're saying. It doesn't make him a good person. But Rory is pretty uh, smart. And she's like, no, Dean's all right. He was right about all this. I'm I'm the worst. She's like, but what are we supposed to do now? And Jess is all like, you're broken up now, right? Well, I got something I got to take care of. I'm guessing he's going to go to his car, go find Shane's bra in the backseat, and then give it to her and tell her it's over. Yeah, like, where is Shane during this time? It is like about 6 a.m. now. If he left the she's dance. She's still washing the dance. She's into it. Do you think she stayed? I don't Know, or do you think if he left, there's no way she wouldn't have left with him and then she would have like gone home? Okay, so if it's like 6 a.m., I'm guess on a Sunday? Yeah. I'm guessing she's got like Church. 30 minutes that she's got to work at that hair supply place <laughs> and then she's off again. I guess she could be at the gym still. He was like, wait here. Yeah. You do what I say. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's so crazy because he was like calling Dean out earlier like, oh, you're telling her what to do? Like you tell Shane what to do all the time. Yeah, you'd think the way that Jess treats Shane would like – Turn Rory off. Yeah, totally. But I do think she can see that he's just using her to get to her. Yeah. Whatever. So we're back at the dance. Taylor's just out now. Yeah, totally passed Patty's out. Patty's running the show. But then Patty announces the winner, who is, of course, Kirk. Yep, the last couple falls. Lorelai comes in like, no, 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 I, I'm here. Yellow card, yellow card. But Rory wasn't there. Rory is now coming back in. So all of this, the shoe breaking. To this moment is supposed to be. Ten minutes? Less than ten minutes? Luke admittedly got to the diner faster than he should have. Like, that probably should have taken, like, at least three minutes for him to get the glue. But it did maybe take, like, one show minute. So we'll say that was a minute. But Rory leaving and going to the pier and coming back, like, even if the pier is really close, I don't know. I don't think this could all happen in 10 minutes. But also, if you go to the pier to, like, gather yourself, you know, like, to collect yourself because you just got broken up with, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go out there for three minutes, get my shit together, and I'll be fine. No, you go out there for, like, 25 minutes. Yeah, that's, like, a, a journey you take. Yeah. Plus, the conversation with Luke, the breakup itself, like, all of that. I think in the show it's about 10 minutes, but just including the time for travel, there's no way. Yeah, the show is not good with timelines. Two shows where 10 minutes don't make sense. Yeah, that's true. Buffy also had uh, the 10-minute head start. But Rory comes back. She's all sad. Lorelai immediately starts comforting her, doesn't care about the dance. Kirk does his uh, Rocky victory lap. You got to love it. Another thing they set up happens every year. Yeah, with his giant trophy. That's what Lorelai wanted, the trophy. That's the end of the episode. Bit of a cliffhanger. Mm. So it stays. Mm. Do you think this is a good episode? Yeah, I do. Yeah? This is a lot of people's favorite episode. That's so interesting to me. I knew this was where Dean broke up with Rory. I did too. Did you? Only because you kept saying it was everyone's favorite episode. And I'm like, okay, so Dean breaks up with Rory in this episode. I don't know that that's what makes it everyone's favorite episode. A lot of people like Jess, but I I don't know that's, that's why. Okay, that's what I assumed happened. I think people like it because it's like just a good town episode, you know? It's very well done. It's beautiful. The costumes are cool. Everyone's done up all cute. Well, it's a, it's a good episode for a lot of other reasons, too. Like, I think it's a good storytelling episode in that they set up at the beginning. These are the things that happen. So look out for them, people watching the show right now. Mm-hmm. And then we get to see them, and you kind of get a payoff every time you see those things happen. Like, yeah. couple breaking up, Kirk, uh, his victory lap. But I have to say, it's not as good as I thought it would be. Yeah, it really did not stand out to me as a particularly good episode. I thought all those things were very fun. It was, like, fun to watch, but the just being there thing bothered me. Yeah. I, I just, like, didn't understand. It, it felt like forced drama. Like, I don't think that writing was good. I think, like, if Jess, for some reason, had to be part of the dance, or, like, if Jess 
If Luke's like, I can't be there doing coffee, I have to run the diner. Jess, you have to do the coffee. Yeah, that's an easy solution. That would have made way more sense. Yep. He has to be there. Yep. And maybe he tells Shane to come and he's just like making out with Shane the whole time to make Rory jealous. Yeah. But him just like dragging Shane there doesn't make sense. It makes Jess look bad. Yeah. Or maybe like if Dean also had to be there for some reason. His sister was in the dance contest and he had a chaperone or she made him dance with her. Yeah. I think it would have just fixed those problems a little and made it a really good episode. But, like, the the fact that they were all just there, there's a lot of holes in that. There's holes. And the, the only explanation is, like, Jess is a psychopath. Uh-huh. And he's just, like, there, like, I'm going to ruin this relationship. I'm going to make Rory crumble. Is is that – do you want to be with that guy? Right. That guy's insane. Mm-hmm. Not only is he using Shane, which is shitty and bad, he's, like, using Shane a lot. Like, come with me and watch this thing you don't want to watch for hours so that I can clearly stare at a girl I want that's not you. And I thought that Jackson and all the kid stuff with, like, Luke was kind of stupid. I honestly thought that was really stupid. I think it's interesting enough that he's, like, offended that Lorelai's butting in. But, like, it's Suki's fault for the way she presented it. But also, like, Suki has the right to ask her friend for advice. Exactly. It's Suki's fault for being like, well, Lorelai says we shouldn't. I want to, but Lorelai says we can't. Like, yeah, that's going to make Jackson upset. But he's, like, reacting like Lorelai shouldn't be able to give Suki advice. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I guess Suki may be messed up. No, I think he overreacted. The way it was presented to us, I still think it was overreacted. And I thought Luke's whole uh, I'll have kids with you suggestion was like pretty clumsily written. That felt so like maybe we'll write a love story for them later. And they had this poignant conversation. But it just seems so telegraphed. Like if I said that to a friend of mine, you know, if I was single and a woman said, if I wasn't single, if a woman came to me and was like, hey, earlier I said that I wouldn't have kids. But I just want you to know that like. <laughs> If I met the right guy, like, I would be willing to have kids if that's, you know, what he wanted. That's creepy. I would be like, okay, you want to fuck? Like, Yeah. What else is this conversation about? I don't want to say it was a bad episode, but I, I think those are big mistakes. Yeah, I think those are really big mistakes, honestly. Obviously, we've all been waiting for the breakup with Dean. But honestly, I thought that was underwhelming. Mm-hmm. Like, he yells. He makes, like, a little bit of a scene. But I was like, we could have built this up more. In this episode, yeah. so that Dean like can really explode without being like abusive. Yeah, you know? Dean didn't really seem that bothered by it. Maybe a little bit in that confrontation by the sandwich stop, but yeah, Dean seemed like pretty chill with Jess being there. Yeah, people are gonna hate me so much because this is like everyone's favorite episode. It's one of them. There's other good ones. There's ones I like a lot that maybe aren't on people's list. Yeah, so if you're a huge Gilmore fan and this is like your favorite episode, that's totally fine. You're allowed to have whatever episodes you want to be your favorite, and you're not wrong. Uh, We're just telling you that this is not our favorite from our point of view. I think people like it because it's a similar type to the Bracebridge dinner. Like sort of a a wholesome town episode where we're like doing a big town activity and everyone's involved and it's like sort of a period piece. But it was a weird mix of good writing and like clumsy not good writing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it didn't really stand out to me as a great episode. It was an episode where important things happened. but And then Rory didn't even seem that broken up by the whole thing other than her like going to her mom for like comfort. Right. She and was, that wasn't even, we didn't see that much of that. Yeah, like, let's see the drama. Let's see Rory be hurt. Let's see Rory hate herself. It's kind of funny, Kirk running around, like, during this sad moment, but I think that ruins it a little. I'd almost rather just see them hold each other. Right, yeah. Like, maybe we see Kirk, but we don't hear Rocky. Or maybe we see Kirk do his lap, and then we see Rory enter sad. Mm-hmm. So we get to see the joke, we get to laugh, and then, like, oh, but there's actually some serious stuff here. Yeah, know? I can actually think of way more fun ways to shoot that than what they did. Well, 
Brian, which episode did you think was better? Oh my god, this is crazy, and I know people are going to hate this, but I think Buffy was better. Why is it crazy? It was a good Buffy. I know, but you said this is like everyone's favorite Gilmore Girls episode, but I don't I don't think it was better. But it's not known for being a not good Buffy. That's a good Buffy, right? Yeah, it's a good Buffy. I think it's Buffy. Yeah. I crazy. think it's Buffy. I didn't say this was going to be my favorite episode. I just knew it was one people like a lot. Right, right. It's interesting, though. I, I will say, I do feel like this Gilmore was pretty funny. It was another one of the ones that had a, a good number of jokes that I liked. Yes. But I just feel like, overall, the Buffy one was just the drama was better. I didn't really have a lot of problems with Buffy. Yeah. And this one, we poked a few holes in. Yeah. It's closer for me than it is for you, I think. Yeah. I struggled. But after talking about it, I don't have as many, like... Writing problems with Buffy. It's weird. I didn't even struggle. And I feel like I'm willing to vote for Gilmore if I think it's better. But this one, I was like, no, yeah, I know important things happen, but I don't feel like the drama was really there. Right. It's like you've got all the recipes for a really good stew, but you didn't put any salt in it, so I can't taste it. Sorry. Okay. If you want to watch along next week, (laughs) we'll be watching Gilmore Girls Season 3, Episode 8, Let the Games Begin. As well as Buff the Vampire Slayer Season 3, Episode 8, Lover's Walk. In the meantime, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the episodes discussed in this podcast. Like, do you hate me now? Gilmore fans? I mean, what is the deal with Shane? Like, does she know her boyfriend's using her? Or she's just like, this is super hot and I'm going to tell my kids someday that I used to bang him? What would you do with that glove? Is Giles a bad watcher? Would you have kept Angel from your friends? Let us know. You can reach out to us by following us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Gilmore Slayer, where we post all kinds of interactive and behind-the-scenes content. If you love our podcast, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps our podcast get discovered by even more Buffy and Gilmore fans. And if you leave a review, we'll give you a shout-out on the upcoming podcast. Just like at the top of this one. Keep in mind, it might take one or two before we pop out with that shout-out, because we get a couple ahead. And for even more comedy content not related to the podcast, follow us at Brian and Stacy. That's Brian with a Y, Stacy with an EY. That's right. We also make comedy sketches, play board games, and review movies all in a very similar style to our podcast. For all that and more, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, also called Brian and Stacy. Social media is not your thing? You can send us an email at Reviews at gmail.com. You're in love with Jess, aren't you? Mm-hmm. The other day I walked into the shower. You were in there. Mm-hmm. I saw you watching a video with Jess in it. You looked older. That was This Is Us. He's dead. Why are you watching the show with Jess in it? He watches me dance. He watches you dance? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Stacey also dances in the show. Bye.